What's up guys? This is Hi Mike. It's Thursday. We have some special guests with us from Revolt TV Media. I'm sorry. <laughs> Liberty Revolt Media. www.libertyrevoltmedia.com Facebook.com slash Liberty Revolt Media. Go check it out. Check them out. These guys are dope. You're gonna find out why they're dope. Um, this will not be a normal show tonight. A lot of things happened today that uh, kind of disturbed me. So I'm not going to do the normal black history facts. Um, but I will refer everybody back to Obama's just disastrous speech today. I don't know if people saw. He did a speech at, um, what is his name? John Lewis? His funeral. And he decided to take this moment and turn it into... Uh, political Democrat jargon. The same, the same tickets that they sell everybody. They present doom and gloom. They talk about how uh, Trump's racist. He definitely mentioned Trump. <laughs> he definitely uh, mentioned COVID nineteen. I'm trying to figure out how all this relates. I don't to know. Man's death. But this, it. this part of the speech just disturbed me the most. It, it was. Ugh. You guys watched it. <laughs> Before I put it on, how, how what did you think about the speech? Well, you know, I get really tired of hearing the whole 
peaceful protest uh, nostrum that has been repeated over and over when clearly anyone who's taking a look at the situation knows that this is not a peaceful Right. Uh, I mean, yes, there George are Wallace. peaceful groups, but that is not where the heart and energy of this movement is. It really is with the violent aspects of it. And to people who say that it's overwhelmingly peaceful, well, O.J. Simpson was overwhelmingly peaceful that <laughs> night. And if, and if you really want to contend, if you really want to contend that it's overwhelmingly peaceful, put on a MAGA hat and walk through. Thank you. Okay. Shoot, North yeah, Carolina is getting to that point here. Yeah. People use yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's, it's getting to that point almost everywhere. It's like you get attacked for your ideas before you've even expressed your ideas. Right. Yeah. And, you know, to politicize a civil rights leader's funeral, to push your own agenda as yeah. an ex-president, it seems a little bit disingenuous just on a moral level. I mean... You know, everything can be disingenuous politically. That's yeah, most of yeah. politics. But just morally, it's like Obama, man. You were the first black president, and you were going to hijack this man's funeral. Right. He, yeah. I right. just felt it was so disrespectful. It was so disrespectful. It was so distasteful. And I just, I, I won't say I had respect for him before, but there was just something about special about Obama. He was the first black president. Yeah. That's historical. Where, right. like... That's, we're never going to get over that, right? But he just he just ruined it for me. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> His speech was disgusting. I'm going to play the first, I think it's like the first 30 seconds. I'm not going to play the whole thing for you guys, but just listen to this. And by the way, he's reading from a paper. That That's another reason why he's disingenuous. <laughs> His whole speech is written down. He keeps looking down at it because in the middle of the speech, in the middle of it, he forgets where he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me look down right quick. <laughs> Listen to this, guys. This, oh, this is so gross. But we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. We may no longer have to guess the number of jelly beans in a jar in order to cast a ballot. Look at him but reading. Even as we sit here. Look at this dude reading. He said, we may no longer have to count jelly beans in a jar because at a point in time, that's what blacks had to do to vote and etc. But we are in 2020, sir. And you are at a civil rights leader's funeral. This was not a moment for you to go there and push an agenda. That is the only thing he did with that speech. How how much like how disrespectful can you get? I'm not going to waste much more time on Obama, but I had to I had to take time to talk about him because he's just ridiculous. Well, and let me let me ask you a question. How patronizing and condescending is it to assume that people in this country, regardless of skin color, can't find an ID. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Why are we still pushing that lie? Right. Everybody has an ID. You need one. You cannot. Bend. You cannot function in this world without one. Not not now. <laughs> now in the nineties, I could I could see that, but this is two thousand twenty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and there are more than one ways to get an ID. It's like you don't have to have a driver's license right, okay. to have an ID. Even <laughs> right, you, you don't even have to have a PO box. And I'm not going to hear voter fraud from a political party that wants to abolish the electoral college. <laughs> right? And they want to mail in votes. Oh, no fraud yeah, and, could ever happen with right. that. Nothing wrong can ever happen. That, that's not even a mention. Email, right? Well, oh, yeah. Somebody put out a satire and they're like, Democrats are pushing everybody to vote in via email. Oh, they're all going to get deleted. If we let the Democrats, if we let the Democrats have access to emails, they're just going to hit delete, delete, delete. We know what happens. Oh, gosh. And we can't go on without paying a tribute to uh, Herman Cain. He died today. Um, I'm not going to say what the headlines are saying because, again, they're turning this man's death into something political. Mm -hmm. um, but he was battling cancer for years, colon cancer. So that contributed to his death as well as dealing with COVID. Um, so just well, rest in peace to him. One thing with Herman Cain, too, that made me so mad is people said if President Trump would have worn a mask, then Herman Cain wouldn't have died of COVID. Wow. What, where's the logic? Like, did you guys pass elementary arithmetic? One guy wearing a mask <laughs> causes some other guy not to. It just doesn't make sense. It's it like doesn't. you guys will pol politicize anything. And they do it because America allows them at the end of the day. If you if you let somebody know, look, I'm, you're not going to just sell me anything and I'm going to go for it. They wouldn't do half the stuff they do. But I really believe that. Yeah. A lot of people just, they're just willfully go going along it's with like the whatever. flow. It's like sheep. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, he exercised his freedoms, and you know that was that was his decision. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's what this country's about. If you want to take risks and live free, that's right. what this country's about. You have the right to do so. What's up, everybody? Yep. Joining the live. <laughs> Josephine is on here. What's up? Hey. Oh my gosh, Portland's a war zone. We'll get into all that, but. The topic tonight, I wanted to do a, you know, a second part of trends because this trend is not popular, but it is popular. People just don't really know don't what's happening. Yep. And we named it uh, Population Engineering. And if you know anything about bioengineering, they, they mess with the DNA, they alter things, mm -hmm. which alters uh, our fruit, yeah. <laughs> our vegetables, everything. Now, population engineering is altering the human population. population. They want to reduce it. And I was doing some research and I pulled up a research article uh, from three guys. They're all from Georgetown, which is kind of just, I guess, alarms me a bit. <laughs> they're, they're all from this specific school. And then they have this, this view. This view. Yeah. We all read it. I sent it to everybody. What did, what did you guys think about it? You know, I, I think it's interesting. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like it's been common knowledge for a little while, and yet somehow people aren't that aware of it. Like, there have been papers released over and over about how there are groups of elites who yeah. genuinely want to use climate change as a, as a means of... Um, mm -hmm. implementing policies that will reduce the population of the world. Right. Um, whether or not the climate change science is legit, 
well, you know, perhaps there is some legitimacy to the climate change science, but they have other motives for doing right. this. Right. Yeah, and it's like, if you look at nations like Japan, and even now China, with the one-child policy that have right. seen a decrease in population, right. they've seen a significant decrease in economic activity at the same time. And right. so you have the burden of taxation on the young population to support the older population. So they contend in the article that more economic growth means fewer people. But in this case, and in many cases, we're seeing fewer people meaning less economic growth. So I feel like they make their argument in bad faith. Right. Well, okay, so just to sum up for our viewers what the gist of the article was, essentially it contended that climate change is such a pressing and drastic issue that there is almost no way of dealing with it. Um, and the only solution that they think is going to be effective is population reduction. Yeah. And they don't think that any non-coercive means of population reduction are going to reduce the population vastly enough, quickly enough to really make a difference. So they, they, they presented a spectrum of tactics that they could use to influence population engineering, which is the fancy way of saying stop people from reproducing or kill them. Or kill them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and so they, they basically had this scale to where on one end they had the non-coercive means, and in terms of that they presented arguments such as as GDP in a country rises and as access to health care and education that uh, families tend to have less children. And that right. they thought, you know, perhaps if we implemented some globalized redistribution schemes to uplift uh, countries like India and Africa, where in a lot of these places, um, poor families are having six to seven children, mm -hmm. uh, then they would be more like the United States, where families tend to only have one or two children, and a lot of people never have children. Um, right. The problem with that they proposed was that as these countries rise economically, even though they have less children, they will use up more fossil fuels uh, in their day-to-day -day lives like the Americans do. And so that will not be very effective. They presented the argument that if they used mass media to push the, uh, a cultural influence towards uh, having fewer children by presenting uh, having fewer children as a better way to live and as a happier right. life. They as, incentivize you know, it. <laughs> influencing people's subconscious through media manipulation. But then, again, they said that this would not be an effective enough way of slowing it down quickly enough. And then they presented all kinds of all kinds of scary, more coercive <laughs> forms. This it, it, it got dark. It got very dark. It's kind of scary. The one, the one thing I wanted to point out was their abstract. Um, this is what they wrote in their abstract. We argued that the threats posed by climate change justify population engineering, the intentional manipulation of size and structure of human population. And then that made me think of the Georgia Guidestones. I don't know if you guys know what those are. I've heard of them. I haven't. You should enlighten us. This, these, there's, there's three pillars. They have different languages on them. One of them is English. We don't know who paid for these. We don't know 
We don't know anything don't about, know about where it came from. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's just these statues in the middle of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And the very first law, I guess, because these are laws for humanity, is to maintain humanity under 500 billion in perpetual balance with nature, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, unite humanity with living new language. That right there was just like, what? what? <laughs> um, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason, protect people, nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. That made me think of the New World Order, because why, why do we need a world, world court? court? And whose authority would a world court be under? I mean, right. honestly, when you take someone to international court, nothing ever happens. Like, they get convicted, right. and, and, then, and then what? There's not, because there's no force behind it. No one, the UN can't put a gun to a country's head and say, oh, right. you're guilty. Right. It's the charade. So these are erected in Georgia, and we have no clue no, no idea where, where they came from. I can't even give you that much information about it because nobody knows. We don't know nothing. They're just there. <laughs> They're kind of weird. Yeah. A little creepy. And that kind of ties into this whole kind of globalist elitist plot to implement a one-world communist government. Right. And, and control people by by means one one thing that they discussed about doing is that they could make climate crisis seem serious enough that they could impose a carbon tax and then that would fund the world government because they could tax every human being. They could tax everybody. Almost everything they do. It, it, this is scary. It's scary so because we, we, we're already dealing with it. Yeah. They're just being, these I, people are open about it. Yeah. Yeah, and they ignore one thing. They, they, they say, it's funny because they're like, oh, we need to deal with people in Western nations because yeah, they yeah. emit the most carbon. But they neglect the fact that it's only because of immigration in this country, and particularly illegal immigration from south of the border, right. that the population growth in the U.S. stays positive. So if right, they could have right. said something like, if we just build the wall in the U.S., we'd reduce the U.S. population right there, that would be far more effective. But, you know, when you're coming at something with a leftist agenda, right. of course you're not going to suggest right. something pragmatic like that, right? Nope. I want to read you guys a quote by David Rockefeller. Actually, I want to read you guys two quotes okay. by David Rockefeller. One. We are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. Wow. The second quote is, whatever the price of the Chinese revolution, it has obviously succeeded not only in producing more efficient and dedicated administration, but also in fostering high morale and and community of purpose. The social experiment in China under Chairman Mao, Mao's hardship is one of the most important and successful in history. Wow. Yeah, successful at killing 100 million people. I killed a lot of... <laughs> what? Right? These, <laughs> man. And they have PhDs. They're smart. Obviously. I'm not going to take that away from them. Look, yeah, I mean, they're intelligent, but, but that doesn't they mean... Crooked. They're crooked. They're crazy. That's insane. That is 
They're mentally unstable. Yes. Someone, so before we before we even were, uh, played this show, someone sent me a lot of information regarding um, what we would call the one percent, and they said these people literally think we have twenty years left of oxygen, and what they're doing by wiping out mass amount of humans is they feel like they're saving, saving the, planet. the planet. So really, they're, they're trying to play good. God. <laughs> and it's like, who are you saving it for in exactly. this case? Because it, if it got bad enough, it would just kill a certain amount of humans anyways, right? It, right. And then it, yeah, it would self-correct. Right. So why, why intervene? If it's going to kill this many people already, why are you intervening? Well, they, they want to control and organize the destruction for their own success. Yeah. And that's sick. Yeah, I mean, you, I think... You, right. you put... We're like pawns to them. Yeah. And that's it. That is it. No, they don't, they don't actually world. care. It's just like Congress doesn't care about us. The people who govern don't care about the people. I think Dylan and I were talking about this earlier, saying that you, you have to be a ruthless, tyrannical human being to actually work yourself up into the upper echelon of government. And it's almost impossible to get there without compromising on your morals yeah. more and more and more until you have none left. So, you know, these people at the, at the highest levers, the, the fact that anybody thinks that they have our best interests in mind is, mm -hmm. is diluted in the extreme. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's facts. That is, yeah. <laughs> but like he mentioned before, they incentivize you reducing your chances of fertility, fertility. and they, they basically talk about pro-choice which is abortion mm -hmm. and that's it's, it's going to get to a certain point where they're going to offer it then after they offer it they're going to offer a reward with it mm -hmm. to make you think okay i'm doing a good thing for earth and then it's going to get to a point where they are starting to coerce people i wanted them they, they actually came out with a part two to this research article mm -hmm. i want to really know okay what tactics are you, going, you going to be, be using, using to once you feel like you need to get to this level? Okay. Of being like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So what, <laughs> what were their what were their conclusions? Because in the in the original paper, it didn't seem that they actually gave any. They said this is the kind of stuff we could use, but right. then they didn't say how anybody could actually use it. They were just making the argument for it. So, well, so I wonder. That's, that's where the second one comes yeah, in. They had a sequel to it. So they finished it there and they started the sequel. And this thing was 27 pages long. I didn't even get to the second part. Yeah. <laughs> right. But. Yeah, and it's some of the incentives that they offered in there. It's like you look at what happened in China. And actually in China, you know, there were officials who were rewarded handsomely by the Chinese Communist Party for performing forced abortions right. on women. And by foot, they didn't do it in the medically sound way. You know, they did some pretty terrible things, especially to rural populations in China. So, yeah. you know, and it wasn't Tibetan just forced abortion. There was flat out infanticide. And then it got yeah. to the point because because they would uh, tax each subsequent child beyond the one child policy that there was a huge problem with with pregnant people not wanting to go to the doctor because they didn't want to 
have to experience a forced abortion. Wow. And so they would keep their pregnancy secret. And then when the child was born a girl, because in those societies, boys are valued more than women, right. um, they would literally just abandon baby girls all over. Yeah. Leave them in dumps, leave them on mountains. I personally know three uh, Chinese women who are raised by families who found them while traveling around China, just wow. on the street. I actually watched a documentary about that. It's called um, One Child, I think. It's on Amazon. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. It was really sad. Uh, a couple nurses were talking that they were around, and they said that they would put um, newborn babies in the middle of a plaza and just allow them to sit there in the sun and nobody would touch the kids, nobody would do anything, they would just think and die. I was like, wow. Yeah, and when you have that level of disregard for human life, I mean, that is a terrible... Your own human, that, that you know, human with half your DNA, nonetheless. So, yeah, yeah the Chinese experiment, and then you, even if uh, they, the babies were kept secret, and I knew three secret kids when I was in China, you know, that this lady had four kids. Well, three of them were secret kids. Wow. They couldn't attend school. They couldn't go to school. They couldn't get an ID. They couldn't get health care. They couldn't go to the doctor. They couldn't do anything. So you have these kids basically who are prisoners in their own home, yeah. and they have to say they're cousins of the family. And, you know, I knew them personally. So, it's not just some kind of thing you hear about. It's like this affected me. It is real. I was their teacher because they weren't allowed to go to school. Wow. Right. And pe people think that you know you must be insane. You must be totally crazy if you kind of bring up this cabal of of wealthy elites and business interests and government leaders. But I mean, this has been known for a while and. I mean, even though the corporate media doesn't report on it, you know, seems to be in denial of it, and we've been aware of these things. In May of 2009, the London Times reported that there was a secret billionaire club meeting in early May, which took place in New York and was attended by Dave Rockefeller, Ted Turner, Bill yeah. Gates, and others, which, which was focused around how they could use their wealth to slow the growth of the world's population. We know how Bill Gates is trying to get that down. Vaccinations. Vaccinations. <laughs> oh, we're going to trust Bill Gates to vaccinate us, right? Yeah, but uh, Dr. Emmanuel is he's, a kook. Yeah. She's, she's psycho. She doesn't know anything about, she don't know what she's about COVID. She didn't treat 352 patients. Let's just take this vaccine. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of people are going to die. Uh, yeah. Something going to happen. Well, the reason vaccines usually take 18 months to develop is because they give them to people and then they have to wait 18 months to make sure they don't die. So as far as the science is confirmed, it really is dangerous to give a bunch of a, a giant population of vaccine that you haven't waited 18 months on. And I mean, and that's what they plan on doing. It, it's, it's a little sketchy. You know, I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means, but when you when you have such a rushed yeah. trial, why why are we rushing this? Why why is it like, what's the big rush? I could see if everyone was dropping like flies. If you yeah, guys saw me here this. today and I died tomorrow, and you all died, 
or like everybody around you is dying. Okay. But this like Yeah, no. This is I know this has such a survival rate. I'm not taking a COVID vaccine. I'm not either. No, nigga. I wish I would. I don't know what they put in that. I'll be I'll be a guinea pig, guys. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it for the rest of you guys. Because I want to travel, I want to go, I need to go, I want to go back and, and travel again. I want to make it easy on myself. So, you know, if I'm dead in 18 months, it was, it's been good. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure I already had COVID. I think everybody, yeah. everybody had everybody it. Everybody has had it. Dude, I was extremely it's sick. It's like 7 out of 10 people don't even show symptoms. Yeah, they don't, they don't like even have answers. 5 out of 10. But it was definitely here. It was here in January because my group of, uh, I, I have a group of friends who work with the YMCA. There's a ton of international people, J1 visas, from China, Malaysia, all over Asia. And everyone at the YMCA got so deathly sick. You know, my friend who, he, he runs ultra marathons. This dude is completely the fittest guy I know. And he said it almost killed him. He said he'd rather put a bullet in his head than risk getting it again. And this was in January, late January. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. It's like a lot of people have had it, I think, and they just chalked it up to being regular sick. Yeah, it was, it was here. Well, they're talking about a yeah. whole lot of things as COVID deaths that are. <laughs> like Herman like three bullets in the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I heard of that. Oh my gosh. She died of COVID. It was somebody that got shot. Yeah, um, COVID death by hanging. There's <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Babe, I feel like nobody has died of a heart attack in months. Like, who who has actually died of something that oh, they common that they've been dying of yeah, for years? Of Everything is COVID. Mm-hmm. How don't people just, like, I don't understand why this is not alarming to some people. COVID don't kill you. Well, and especially elective surgeries, like when they shut down elective surgeries, like, okay, people need to get their heart valve replaced, but you're not allowed to go to the hospital and do it because of COVID. I think they, they estimate roughly around 50 to 100,000 people have also died because they weren't allowed to go to the hospital wow. and do what they need to do to maintain their health. So it's like this, this crisis has been killing people yeah. in many different ways, but not the ways that they're... Yeah, because I've I've heard a lot of cancer patients, that's the issue. Like, they either find out too late or they they can't go get, like, radiation and stuff testing done because, you know, if you don't have COVID, don't come to the hospital. Wow. (laughs) So this this would be, they're proving my argument right. This is this is population engineering at its (laughs) best. It's coming in the form of gun violence. Mm -hmm. It's coming in the form Mm. of... Um, they were first. They were killing people with the ventilators. A lot yeah. of people were dying from ventilators. ventilators yeah. Now we got people dying because they can't get proper health uh, health care. They can't go to the doctor the for hospitals stuff. Hospitals ain't seeing people. And there's people starting to commit suicide. Yeah. So you got four different ways that they're all we're all getting hit and targeted. That the next thing will not, be this vaccine. Yeah, and not even to mention the economic depression that's coming because this is not a recession. This is a depression. This is the largest hit the U.S. economy has ever taken. It shrank by 34% in one year, according to second quarter research. When depression happens, poverty goes like this. When poverty goes like this, life expectancy goes like this. 
Because yeah, I heard someone talking about, I heard someone talking about like letting kids go back to school, particularly junior high and high school kids. Yeah. And what they're seeing is more more young people are killing themselves due to isolation and social yeah. media than than COVID is. Yeah. Well, young people don't really exhibit serious symptoms, and I've seen this especially for elementary school kids. Stunting cognitive growth of elementary school kids when kids don't exhibit, unless they're under six months old, they don't exhibit any serious signs or symptoms associated with COVID, is going to have a long-term effect on society. Actually, we might even see the effect of this 12 years down the line. If we keep five-year-olds out of school for an entire year, you know, can you really trust their parents? To be effective, right? Early that's, that's another. That's another form of population engineering because we have parents that are just abusive. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen a spike in child abuse cases and child death. I'm actually surprised. I think there has been actually. I have been. Wow. Domestic violence has been. That is insane. Let me read some of these comments. Public education system is trash. I see parents saying they aren't sending their kids back to school. I have seen a lot of parents say they're going yeah. the private school route. Or a lot of kids, a lot of parents are going to teach their kids. Homeschool. Homeschool. Substance abuse. Everything is going wrong. Yeah. They're saying that these things are helping us. And it's only Democrats that are pushing this agenda. Let's just be real. Um, all, this is to help you. Stay in the house. We're going to give you a check. This is socialism people and communism. People need people. Right. You We're need humans. to interact with each other. You need the sun. Okay, you got you literally got some people scared to go outside. Like I know just people step that are outside scared to go outside. Uh, you need nope. to to live everyday life. You kill people right. for staying. It's, too much AC is not good for you. It's not. No money. And it's like you could do this. People could do it a lot more effectively. I mean, we could we could make it. You know, social distancing. In the beginning, if people would have listened to the strictures on it instead yeah. of just you know going wild, we could have done a lot more with it. But now we're we're right at stage one. We're back at the beginning, and already we've seen the damage that this thing is wreaking. So it's like election coming up and everything, and all the pro. Mm -hmm. Just cannot see this turning out to be anything but an unmitigated disaster for human population. Yeah. yeah, I don't think people are going to accept the results of the election either way. No, they're not. No. They're not. Oh, God. And this November is when, we, this is when we can get into the French Revolution, because we were talking about this last night, and how we have so many parallels to, to right now. To, to, we are in revolution, you guys. I feel like we're at the beginning of revolution. They're already right tearing right statues down. That's <laughs> the first sign. We're tearing revolution. down statues. We're, we're getting rid of laws. We, we, we got... Antifa, we have Black Lives militia Matter. set up in different areas to, you know, come at you if you're a, for another side. Right. This is revolution. Like. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention people don't have jobs. I mean, if you think about 40 million newly unemployed people and, you know, those are low numbers. Those aren't even the right numbers. What happened to all these revolutions of the past? No school, no jobs. Nothing to do. Mm -hmm. Restrictive social environments. They're already they're, they're already riding. Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're already at the point where Portland is just destroyed. Uh, I heard parts of Seattle are kind of just screwed up. Um, well, what else? Oh, yeah. 
Even Colorado. Damage to the property values in this country is going to be astonishing. And, you know, this is this is something, a point that I've been trying to raise to people for a little bit is um, education is the number one way for people to improve their socioeconomic status. Right. Well, every time we have these riots, two things happen. The police withdraw from proactively policing the violent crime rate goes drastically up. And there's a massive level of destruction on on properties and businesses. They're looting and destroying businesses all over. Well, all of the schools are funded by property taxes. What happens to the value of property when you burn the neighborhood down and the police leave and everybody starts shooting? It's gonna drop. Right. So these these protests are literally robbing schools of their funding. Yeah. Yeah, that says a lot for the, the private school voucher argument. It really does. I mean, on the left, their their fundamental defense of public schools, they, they defend public schools with, you know, nails and teeth and grit as much as they can, but they don't pass any effective legislation to make public schools better. Right. Public schools or, in the U.S. Or let are get out the worst. Yeah, a lot of them. Right. Still. Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell just turned 90 years old. His probably the final book of his life. He you know declared it as the most important work of his life. Is all about charter schools and their enemies because yeah. that is the number one way to fix the inequality and the racial inequality and the yep. class inequality in this country is access to education. Yeah. And it's not going to be solved by a Bernie Sanders uh, style, you know, it is not. Bernie tax and <laughs> so pothead too can do about a gender lesbian dance theory six times. <laughs> <laughs> I really do I really do believe that, you know, we should subsidize some forms of education. It just needs to be things that are practical in demand. Right. 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 It it's like Jordan Peterson made this argument that we're subsidizing public universities who spend disproportionate amounts of their money on gender and queer theory studies. And as far as I know, every social science theory that's backed up, you know, by uh by these curriculums have been proven wrong in other areas of philosophy, psychology, and science. So you have one department literally teaching something that another department is telling you is wrong and you're using real science to back it up. And we're paying for that. Right. Our money is paying for that. Oh, all they're, all they're doing is, is producing social justice activists with no historical context. That's all they they're doing. No idea <laughs> what has happened with revolutions of the past. Right. Um, and like you said, there are a tremendous amount of parallels in between this revolution and the French Revolution, probably right. more so than any other revolution that comes to mind. There are some uh, comparisons that you could make to the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I would say, in the context of our situation right now, the French Revolution is probably closest to, to that. And so, yeah, you know, while the American Revolution is considered a pretty good thing, the French Revolution essentially sacrificed a shocking number of its own people yeah. and replaced an authoritarian regime with an even more dominant authoritarian regime. Right. Um, I, I think that's where we're headed because when you ask, so 
I like to ask questions. <laughs> that pisses people off when you start to just be like, huh, that doesn't make sense. Right. Help me up and make, you know, make it sense. Mm -hmm. I asked someone, so you're getting rid of police. You want a new um, form of government. How are we going to get there? Like, what are your steps to get there? Oh, we're going to demand it. Okay. How long are you going to do that? Because it seems like you just want to fight and destroy stuff. Right. And just... Right. just People keep saying that that Donald Trump is an authoritarian yeah. and that, you know, him sending the feds in is proof of that. Well, first off, I would contend that he has lower taxes, supported people's rights to own and bear arms, right. supported freedom of speech, and deregulated the economy. All of those are the antithesis of authoritarian friends. Mm -hmm. And as far as the feds are concerned, this is just a response to the authoritarian fascism on the other side. There, there is nothing more authoritarian than deciding that to hell with the democratic process. We're going to burn down the federal courthouse. We're going to burn down the police union. We're going to set up an autonomous zone yeah, where we're right. then going to, you know, shake down businesses and, and neighborhoods for protection money or threat to blow their head off. Right. Right. You can't replace. You can't replace anything with mob rule because mob rule is essentially undemocratic right it's not sustainable that, does, that doesn't right. sustain and, anything yeah the only qualms i could see some legitimate qualms with the feds and the only qualms i have would be them branching out from federal property mm -hmm. and or you know picking up random people because if they're out of their jurisdiction they're out of their jurisdiction and they shouldn't be but the argument that you can't send in the feds and put them on federal property it doesn't work because it's federal property. We have park rangers in the national park right next to my house. No one's saying defund the park service because <laughs> they're on federal property. Right. right. It's like, okay, if you have federal agents and they're on federal property and they're defending it, you cannot say that's authoritarian. It's not. So all those people that were getting arrested, those, from my understanding, they have been being watched because they are now on day 59 there of civil unrest and all these people were, they committed federal crimes. So if, if, if their leadership is not doing anything and these cities are being destroyed and it's gonna it's, start tripling it's over. It's worse than them not doing anything. They're actively going along with it. And on top of that, for years, they've been infringing on the second amendment rights of the citizens. So I'm a father, I have a wife and a two year old daughter. Right. If, the, if my local government disarmed me and then let an angry Antifa mob take over my neighborhood yeah. and told the police to just back off, and literally the uh, the head of the, the police sent out a letter and basically told everyone, you're on your own. We've been yeah. disarmed. We can't, even use, we can't even use tear gas or pepper balls. So we're not going to risk our safety to fight the totally outnumbered and underfunded. So if, if the mob comes to your business, good luck to you. By the way, we've taken away your access to firearms. So, you know, good luck to you. Yeah. Right? That, I, that's, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Who the entity is. If ISIS came in and said that they were going to establish <laughs> I would be like, okay. I mean, oh, that's, what they did. that's what they did in Iraq. They, they disarmed the people, and then they're like, this is ours now. It's literally the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, if they were getting arrested for nothing, 
I would be upset. But they weren't getting arrested. They weren't just getting snatched up. These people committed federal crimes. They damaged federal property. Yeah. A few of them uh, fought, you know, the peace officers. Like, exactly. you're doing stuff to get your ass snatched off the road. I didn't feel bad for them. And it's crazy because the the left is calling them protesters. Protesters. Not rioters. Why? Yeah, and I... And I, I do agree with that. And I think there there were, I think, maybe two or three isolated incidents of them grabbing someone. But but think about it. You have a few bad apples in every bunch. Yeah. Actually, bad apples is a bad analogy. Let me scrap that analogy. <laughs> you have a few. It's a bad. It is. Because bad apples spoils the bunch. That's how you say it. But, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but a few bad actors, okay? Of course, you're going to have a few federal agents who, you know, are going to branch off and do something so. bad. Mm-hmm. But they've already been sued, and they're going to go through the democratic process. So... The fact of the matter is we still have our checks and balances. Yeah. We haven't gotten rid of that. We still have constitutional authority right. to charge bad actors on either side if they commit wrongdoing, which they're doing right. in Portland. So the way I see it, the democratic process is still being upheld. And I think people forget that, that we still have these federal judges that will hold people to account no matter who they are. I well, I think, I think the biggest group of people that are being totally left out of the conversation or regular people, particularly families, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. those are the people who are really, you know, nervous right now yeah. and really just hoping that this does not get out of control. But the media on both sides is just jumping fuel on the fire. Yeah. Agitation. They are. They are. Big time. Um, and it, it, this really is similar to the French Revolution. I mean, in mm-hmm. so many different ways. It is. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, you know, uh, France, the revolution started in 1780. And there was this person called Edmund Burke, who was a member of the British Parliament, mm-hmm. who was considered the forefather of conservative thought. In 1790, he released a book basically where he was able to predict with surprising accuracy what would happen nine years prior to the end of the revolution. His basic philosophy was that revolutionaries go wrong when they completely disregard their traditions yep. and suddenly upend the entire political structure. Right. And assume that they can just start from new and they can just erect to some brand new government. His contention was that built within our political system and our social traditions is a silent wisdom that has been passed down throughout the generations. And that changes should be made incrementally with time allotted to measure the consequences. So you, you do a change, and then you see how it works out. And then you do right. a change, and then you see how it works out. And that's basically the conservative philosophy, is that we should have a little bit of gratitude for our society and for the things that are going well. And we shouldn't just focus so much on our grievances that we overlook the good things and then just decide to flip the whole board over because right. typically what happens is a bunch of people die, yep. there becomes a power vacuum, and then it's taken over by the most ruthless authoritarian force. Yep. Yep. Which would be... And that's uh, basically what happened in France. Yep. So yeah. France had been on the decline for the most part of a century, mismanagement, constant warfare, including the Seven Years' War, which started in 1756, and then they backed the American Revolution financially and even sent troops. France was basically in debt. Um, 
they had a season of, you know, really terrible weather. So they had a year's worth of crops decimated. It, it was like a month's worth of wages to, to buy a single loaf of bread that was cut 50% with sawdust. Um, <laughs> the wealthy had completely excluded themselves from the taxes. So the nobles, the church, um, the wealthy in the, in the country, they didn't pay any tax. They were just paying, they were with taking all the money from the poor people. Yeah, and, and, so food, these people and food at one point. They took their crop at one point. Yeah, they did. They took their crops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were they were starving and pissed off. You had intellectuals at the time really questioning the whole uh, divinity of the monarchy because up until that point, the monarchy was considered um, part of God's plan and right. that it was actually but you had these, you know, intellectuals start dabbling in atheism and kind of decide that maybe the monarchy wasn't supported by divinity, and why do we even have a monarchy at all? And so, you know, young people particularly, poor people, broke out basically what was a series of riots and uprisings in 1789. France was spending half its budget addressing the federal debt. Uh, it was just a shit show and what ended up happening is after trying to deal with it in some democratic ish kind of ways it all fell apart and they decided you know what we're just going to storm the Bastille prison uh tear it to the ground take the guns and then shortly after they went after the the palace they raided they, they decapitated royal guards put their heads on pikes, and then paraded the king and queen from the Palace of Versailles all the way back to Paris. They were ruthless. They were ruthless. They were putting everybody's head on sticks. (laughs) Everybody's head was on the stake. That was just the thing to do. (laughs) That was the cool thing. That was the way you go out. (laughs) The king and queen tried to dress up as, like, regular people and sneak out of Paris. And the guy caught. (laughs) And they got brought back, and it wasn't shortly after. Um, they had a national assembly who was led by Maximilian Robespierre, which was kind of like, I almost want to compare him to Bernie Sanders. He, was, he kind of started off as just a profound progressive thinker and then got swept up in the radical movement. Initially, he was against, um, he just wanted to kind of implement a constitutional monarchy, maybe a republic. He entertained the idea. But once they decided to take Louis the Sixteenth to trial and publicly guillotine him, yeah, he was he started cheering it along. It wasn't long after that where Marie Antoinette was guillotined. The they king's they took her head off too. And then Robespierre <laughs> himself was guillotined. And then it just turned into a shit show. At one point, the National Assembly had even tried to quell uprisings by sending in. Um, essentially federal agents and this provoked more uprisings and then that's kind of what led to Robespierre being guillotined is because they started seeing him as a enemy of the revolution and they set up what's called the committee of public safety and under the guise of this committee of public safety they decapitated something like 16,000 French citizens while it was, France was, in the of like it was actually forced Wow. It was out of control. Yeah, it it was ridiculous. 
and it, it was basically just a non-stop revolutionary shit show until Napoleon Bonaparte took the reins and they won a couple wars, started developing a little wealth, and then monarchy was essentially reinstituted where Napoleon was essentially Hey dictator. man, he was the emperor. <laughs> Give Napoleon his due. <laughs> essentially an emperor with more power than Louis the Sixteenth had had in the first place. With yeah. more power than anyone on the planet. Yeah. He, he, man. Napoleon pulled pulled Hitler before Hitler did. You know, he took history. He, he took all Europe. Itself, people. Yeah, he he rolled into Russia. He did set up a few things. Uh, the the Napoleonic uh, the Napoleonic Code was actually a, a kind of precursor to to democratic reform in a lot of countries. So that's interesting, wow. but that has nothing to do with the fact that he was still a freaking dictator. Yeah, and worse than Louis the Sixteenth. And all right, and as far as revolutions go, and this is why Edmund Burke supported the American Revolution, but did not support the French Revolution, because he could see how things were going to play out based on, look, do are they, do they have leadership? Are they, do they have a plan for what they're going to do once mm -hmm. they take down this, this oppressive force? Mm -hmm. No plans. They want to defund yeah, police, but what's going to replace police? Nobody replace police. People say, like, uh, you know, social workers, like armed, Come like unarmed, on. you know, de-escalation. And they want, they want unarmed cops to pull people over. Like, dude, if there's an unarmed police officer trying to pull me over and I have drugs or something, I'm, I'm driving away. Exactly. Would you hey, pull over? No. Nope. No. Uh -uh. Especially if I know you're not armed. Okay. What? The most I'm you can sorry. do is chase me. Okay. But it can't be. It'll be fun. We're not Europe. You can't have an unarmed police force in a country with more than 30 million guns. Right. 30 million. I think you mean more than 300 million. There are more guns than people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More guns than people. America. Man. We... <sighs> This, I don't know. It doesn't, this doesn't scare me. Want, um, I think the same people who want population reduction, population engineering from yeah. above, want all of this. They're funding the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, yeah. They're funding all of these revolution, revolutionary social movements. They want it because yeah. they know that the real wealthy, the real 1% that these people are complaining about, they're not confound by borders. They can afford to go wherever they want. Right. right. When when shit hits the fan in this country, the really wealthy people are just going to go wait it out in another country. They're and then leave. once the dust settles, they're going to do what they did in France. All the nobles left. The peasants killed the, the politicians and then murdered each other until the dust settled. And once, once Napoleon had kind of re, reconstituted the power, they all came back within a couple decades, and we're right back to where they were before. Right. This, this revolution in the United States is not going to effectively take on the Bill Gates, the Ted Turners, the Jack Bezos, the Jeff Maz. Yeah. It's not. It's not. They're going to go other places. Regular middle-class people are going to have their lives destroyed, and it's going to be a brand-new opening for this new world order, yep. population engineering agenda yep. to take form. That's all this is. 
I'm so, I was so floored. I never even thought about population engineering, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, it this is so this sense. is what's happening this is now. What it is. Yeah. This is all it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I and just, it's like you wonder if these do they even think it through? Because, like I said, countries tend to get weaker and less economically prosperous when you reduce the population. So it's like if you guys want to control the population. You're not even looking at what happens when you do that. Like, I don't think right. they've thought it all the way they through. They don't think it all the way through. I don't really think they have. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. It's just, I just, everybody's power hungry at this point. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. Yep. And it's got to be power hungry, too. How else can you justify already having, you know, $500 billion, Jeff Bezos, and you are so hungry to get into the Chinese market so you can make another $500 million, $500 mm -hmm. billion dollars, mm -hmm. that you say to Congress, no, China's never stolen intellectual property from Amazon. <laughs> like, dude, you can buy all of South America, and wh what, are you, what are you even doing? Why aren't you buying South America? Why, why do you want more money? I don't right. It's just power. Power, I, I can, I, I think power is a hell of a drug. Feeling the possession of power before understanding principles. It's a problem. <laughs> mm. it's I don't know. Yep. Sometimes I feel like, you know, we're going to have someone, not someone, but we're going to step up as Americans and like not let this country go because there's militia all over, especially in North Carolina. There's militia ready. Like, okay, what's, yeah, what's we actually the recently did a podcast on that with a man named Aaron. Okay. And you can find it on you can find it on our YouTube page or our website where we we went over a lot of really interesting ideas for how to start setting up stable militias in yeah. in cooperation with the police force, like having sheriffs actually deputize entire communities of young men who could pass background checks. And yeah. start training, start, you know, thinking about a lot of these things because the forces that play now, I mean, he contends that we are beyond the point to where people like us doing podcasts, little media outreach um, programs can, can really get things done in time. He contends that it's too late in the game. It's time to start trail running and shooting. Well, I got the trail running down at least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I, I would agree with him if I'm such a geek, right? I understand mm -hmm. how social media works. I understand algorithms. Right. There's, there's, there's ways for us to get this message out. Mm. Um, you you, you kind of got to go to unpopular areas where you know you're going to get some fight back you know you're going to get backlash yeah. but something that you say is going to resonate with somebody, somebody there. in there yeah so it's you kind of got to put yourself in an uncomfortable position yeah. that's what she loves doing well, and there, yeah. really, there really is a silent majority i mean i know there are people who genuinely believe that that these wealthy these wealthy conglomerates are yeah. prompting up candidates through the dnc and the rnc the yeah. only candidates that they want that are approved of by mm -hmm. the global elite and that no regular person could get through. Yeah. No, there's no way that the Andrew Ng, a Tulsi Gabbard, a Bernie Sanders, 
is going to get through. Some people argue Trump is is one of them. Some people argue that he is not, that he actually is fighting back against this whole globalist agenda. And I can see that. I really appreciate some of his UN speeches. When he gets up in front of the UN and says America will never be fooled by foreign bureaucrats and just sticks it to him and says, we're going to keep our guns, we're going to keep our freedom of speech. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> it just makes me feel so good. I'm just like, yeah. I like it. I feel like, I don't feel like Trump is a plant set up from the RNC. I, I, don't I really don't. The RNC doesn't like him. Right. No, they Most don't. Most Republicans exactly. don't like they Trump. Don't like him. Don't like Nobody Trump. likes. People don't understand that. A lot of people don't like Trump. He like got him. in. Be- I just feel like he got in based on America voting. That is yep. really what I think. Because I felt like a lot of people was like, you know, what? I'm gonna vote for Trump because I know he ain't gonna get in anyway. <laughs> I felt like that. Really feel like that's how it went. For but me. if you remember the day um, after the election, after they finished counting, and they announced that Trump won. I feel like Earth stood still that day. Yeah. Did you see how many people were crying? I went to college. <laughs> I, I was on CSU campus after Trump run, ran, and I swear the sky was gray, and my people's faces were just like so mad. And all, and all my professors, my professors didn't even mention it. They just did their classes like. Oh, I, sure. <laughs> I, I was so sure he wasn't gonna win. And I'm in there like. Oh. <laughs> Yo, I love Trump. He gets up there and he says what we all want to say as, as Americans. He really does. He's blunt. Yeah, he I will say this. Like I will say this. He is vastly more popular now than he was in 2016. He's and I don't man. care what the fools say. I don't believe for a second that he, that he's going to lose to Joe Biden. I just don't Hard see no. it. I don't see no it. No one pulled me. Regular, you know, <laughs> one Did anyone pull you guys? No. Where, where are they Joe getting Biden, these polls from? Like where yeah, where do they get this shit? From? What, they sample like 100 people in, you know, suburban California? <laughs> and like 60 of them like Joe Biden? They're like, yeah, this is yes. how America feels, dog. <laughs> Like, no, that's not how it works. Sorry. There's no way. There's no way Joe Biden can win this. No. There's I, no I, way I, Joe Biden can keep his mental facilities long enough to get in the office. Dude, I mean, Jesus. Does that guy have a driver's license? I don't, you know what? He's never in the public. He's never in the public unless he's out doing something. Because yeah, he, he can't that, cross the world or no. gasping. He wasn't even at John Lewis' funeral. No. Like, I don't remember him being there at all. And he hasn't been saying anything, you know, and I think he said he's not going to debate Trump. He doesn't oh want to debate Trump. And Why? He won't that is American tradition. Right. No shit. Like, dude, I don't care if you have to do it on Skype. Okay. I'm right. down for a Skype debate. Look, he'd be like, uh, uh. Just imagine him trying to answer Trump, bro. Trump would humiliate him. Trump would absolutely destroy him. It would be so funny. Destroy, they wouldn't even talk him. about policy. No. Trump would just get up there and just pick on him like a schoolyard boy. He would, just like he did Hillary. He destroyed I got him. I gotta play the infamous clip. I'm sorry. I right, love do it, do it. this Please do it. clip. Oh do the whole God. do the whole lead up. Do the whole lead up. Listen, Trump is the GOAT. Okay? Nobody ever stands up to these career politicians. 
and actually stands on two feet. Uh, thank you. So when he told he Hillary, wait. he told what? What? He told he told her he, she would be in jail, and he look got in office and what? He Ooh. trying to make it happen. He drained the swamp. <laughs> Listen to this. I love this clip. I want to just find a clip where he says you'd be in jail. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Listen to this, y'all. <laughs> it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. <laughs> Everybody in the crowd laughs, laughing. It's There's just awfully good that someone... Yeah, we, we can't can hear it on our end. I know what's happening. Okay, I know what you're talking about, but... Bruh. What national party candidate the first time Reb's writing his policies for him? That is a good uh, point to, to uh, that, that's a good point, Manny. He said, what national party candidate has, for the yeah, first time in U.S. history, does he has his re uh, representatives writing his policies for him? I don't think he knows his own policies. He <laughs> sure he don't. That's one thing I love about Trump is that, you know, in the beginning, everyone was like, oh, his Twitter diplomacy is so dumb. It's like, dude, I don't want a wall of ten advisors between me and the American president. Right. I want to hear. I want to hear what his my thoughts. dude thinks his directly thoughts. from his own okay. face. Thank you. Yeah, I guess, no how, I guess so. that's pretty substantial evidence that he's not a he's a not. <laughs> Dude, he's not. It's like people say this. Well, Trump, he's just like them. No, the freak, he's not. That is why he's public enemy number one. Yeah, mm. everybody goes along with but him. I will say the only person who I think has power over Trump is Steve Mnuchin. Because so. Mnuchin's the one guy. Mnuchin's the one guy he never fired, he never questioned, and then he listens to. Because, yeah. you know, you, you challenge Goldman Sachs, and what happens? You lose 25% of the world's wealth. So, yeah, that, right. that's one. I, I don't know. I don't like Mnuchin because I don't freaking like bankers. But <laughs> bankers are shifty. Bankers, yeah. bankers really are the problem. They're they who's behind so much of this depopulation. Dude, they're behind though. everything. You yeah. you have a problem. You follow the money. It all goes back to the banks. He had a note that said, yeah. "Don't hold a grudge against Kamala." <laughs> Why do you need a note for that? <laughs> He's not there. He's... I don't think that's Joe Biden, man. Joe Biden checked out after it. You know, he was vice president and he just went somewhere into La La Land and left the United States. His mind is mush. Because just basic conversations with him that they have, uh -huh. he's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, hard for him. His wife's got to like poke him in the shoulder and be like, he struggles. <laughs> he struggles. What do you guys think about his choice in VP now? You know, there, there are rumors that it's going to be either Kamala Harris um, Keisha Bottoms is in there. Who else is they throwing there? They're all black. Mm -hmm. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Kamala got her new face plant. You guys see Kamala's new face? I don't think it's going to be Kamala Harris. No. Even the black community hates Kamala Harris. Nobody no, likes Kamala like Harris. No, no one does. It's a stupid idea. I think he should pick Elizabeth Warren if he wants to be smart, oh, honestly. God. But Elizabeth Warren would own him. She would she would be the president if yeah. she was running with oh, Joe Biden, so he God. won't pick her. He said Lance Bottoms. I can't stand Keisha Bottoms. She is the worst I don't know mayor. Who Keisha Bottoms is. Neither do I actually. She's a mayor Who's in Atlanta. Keisha Bottoms? 
<laughs> oh, she, her. Yeah, yeah, and while her city has all this violence, by the way, population engineering, she's talking about COVID and Trump. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then she quarantined herself. Not only this, do you <laughs> let violence go on in your city, you quarantine yourself, yourself, remove yourself from even dealing with the issue, and you talk about Trump and COVID-19. Well, it's so much easier to blame Trump and COVID, you know, when you've been in office for 40 years and haven't done a darn thing. You're like, oh, this guy you just got <laughs> in here four years ago, literally everything is his fault. Everything. Everything. Like, like, no, I mean, I'm sorry. Okay, maybe Trump caused a few problems. What president hasn't? But, like, you guys who've been in office for 50 years, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and blame you. What did he say? Well, and another thing is, they, you know, the House of Representatives won't let Trump do anything. They won't. He has to sign no. certain executive orders to get anything done. He does all the time. He <laughs> does it. So, uh, he Big Tech it. hates Warren. We, we could talk about big tech, too, because Mark Zuckerberg... Yeah, I actually have yeah. to hand it to uh, Elizabeth Warren on that front. I think as much as the conservatives have, have whined and complained about big tech censorship, yeah. even Jim Jordan himself has been taking money from Google. Elizabeth yeah. Warren was the only candidate I heard actually try to come up with a plan to break up big tech. Wow. You know, I, I'll be honest, and this might not be popular with you guys, but I like Elizabeth Warren. She started as a bankruptcy lawyer yeah. and was like literally just trying to help people get out of these, you know, 20% interest debt traps. So I like she's done a lot of things. She's a great she, lawyer. I love her when she's She's a great lawyer. She them. was. When she's questioning those guys and they ain't got no answers, answers for her, for she grills the hell out of them. <laughs> she owned them in the debate. She owned everybody. I don't get how she didn't get the nomination after. Even Trump was like, boy, look at the way she destroyed Minnie Mike. You know? <laughs> this is why I love Trump. Oh, my God. Sleepy Joe, Minnie Mike. Minnie Mike. What is it? What is it? What does he call shift? A shifty shifty oh, shift. <laughs> Yo. Pocahontas. <laughs> When he, pencil neck. He calls him pencil neck. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Nasty. So Nancy. many people get offended. <laughs> people get offended on the left, and everyone else in the country is just laughing their asses off. She's the only Democrat. Oh, that right. Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he hates Rosie O'Donnell, man. Come Who on. doesn't hate Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This is hilarious. <laughs> Did you guys yeah, see... Like, um, damn, what video was I talking about? He's a politician. No, Zuckerberg. Yeah, Did yeah. you see him on uh, the hearing? They had they had, a, they had a hearing for all the big techs. And... Yeah, he was. he's the only one who stood up to China, at least. <sighs> but, but what he said, the reason why he... They are banning people from putting um, the C... The HCQ video up, videos up, Dr. Uh, Emmanuel. The reason they banned her video was because it was an imminent danger, imminent danger, uh, imminent risk, risk. danger. Whatever, some yeah. some goddamn word he made up. <laughs> he but made it, it up. It wasn't. But the, my question I had to him was, make that make sense because this is not a drug that's offered over the counter. Right, you can't get it unless you have a prescription. Imminent risk and, of harm. I'm sorry. And doctors are at their own discretion. Okay, every doctor has been in school for what? Eight to 12 years? Forever. They all know how to interpret medical research as well as anyone else. So, you. If, you know, if the doctor 
takes it into their own hands to prescribe whatever thing. Like, no doctor's going to go on Facebook and be like, oh, I see this. This looks like it might work. And then give it to their patients. Like, they don't get their <laughs> degrees you. on Facebook. And, but you have all these Facebook scholars. That's what I call them. Okay. Facebook scholars. You know, they got their PhDs oh. because they know scientists. I know scientists. <laughs> I know doctors. You don't. Okay. Yeah. Right. I talk to my doctor you friend. You said you know them. You didn't say you are them. That's another one I heard. I talk to my doctor friend. Someone said, I know real scientists. What do you know? I said, I know enough to not put on a damn mask because there's no... I know proven, how to read. There's no, right, there's no proven study of any of this stuff that they're telling us. In the box, tell you. You are blindly following recommendations. Literally, well, recommendations. Well, the thing I hate... The thing I hate about the CDC is in the beginning, they were straight up implicated in the fact that, you know, they said they had research from January from Japan that said that masks were, you know, at least a little bit effective, but they told people not to wear them because they thought there was going to be a run in a shortage. So they literally put the lives of Americans at risk with data that they believed and that they wow. had because they thought people were going to go raid it. And I wrote an answer about this before, like two months before people were like, oh, well, should we listen to the CDC? And I was like, hell no, they're going to change their mind in one mm -hmm. month. Watch. And then they did. Yep, they did. Oh, right. Don't worry. We, we eventually got our masks by, you know, <laughs> their best friends in the Chinese government via means of Uyghur slaves. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. But Zuckerberg, <clears throat> I just feel like that's an insult to doctors' intelligence. You just ins you just told them they don't know what they're talking about <clears throat> because they're going to put their patients at imminent risk of harm. Like, yeah, who like, the you fuck know exactly. are you to tell people like they you're can't... you're a doctor. Right. right. And then to say, well, you can't put this on Facebook because I don't want it up here because it's an imminent danger risk. Oh, he just made up a goddamn word. Imminent <laughs> risk drive... of harm. You drive more people to the video. If, if someone tells you you can't watch something here, but you can go right over to this website with a click away and watch it, and guess watch. what you're probably going to do because you're a goddamn curious human being. Go watch you're gonna it. Click over to that website and you're going to watch it. Ooh. Well, you know that big tech shut down the Frontline Doctors mm -hmm. website. They don't even have a website anymore. Mm. They shut their website yeah. down. This yeah. makes me much more skeptical about the whole vaccine situation. If they were trying right. to monopolize the the cure, right. I, think, I think part of the whole reason they're trying to shut down hydroxychloroquine is because they didn't expect there would already be a widely used, easily yeah. prescribed, easily available medication that could cure it already. Whether you know whether or not this is intentional, I genuinely believe that. I don't. First off. I don't trust Bill Gates. His depopulation uh, agenda has been out in the open for far too long. Years. Uh, and with, with how some of his vaccines have turned out in Africa, I don't trust any vaccine from from Bill Gates. Right. And why, why do they always <laughs> test in Africa? Why? That's the first place they, they, they test, test vaccines. Period. Why? Well, yeah. Because they're less developed and they think it'd be easier to play with. Whereas if you tried to do it, in, yeah. if you tried to do it in a country like the United States, it'd be spread all around the world via you know communication technologies easily. It's easier to control communities yeah. in poorer parts of the world. 
they won't yeah, and Bill Gates. They do, it won't be so hard to take over. Yeah. I watched the video of Bill Gates responding to the conspiracy theories about him with uh, Anderson and Sanjay Gupta on mm -hmm. CNN. And it's hilarious when you see Anderson say, you know, people are making up all these crazy conspiracy theories about me going to Jeffrey Epstein's island. And then you see Bill Gates go. <laughs> you know? Bill Gates is like, why did you have to bring that up? Because the first thing people are going to do is type in Bill Gates Epstein, and yep. it's a New York Times article, yep. a Democrat-run newspaper that says the connection between Bill Gates and Epstein is a lot worse than he made people seem. Yeah. So you're like, all right, Billy, now, yeah. I, I could have I bought what he said. You know, I could... I could look into everything and say, okay, maybe I'm on Bill Gates' side on this if yeah. he wasn't, like, homies with Jeffrey Epstein yeah, after he was convicted. You know, on, well, Newsmax, I would be, on Newsmax, I would be a, this was live. Um, what is his name? I have to pull it up. But the, the lady was asking him questions about COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And he was like, why don't we talk about Jeffrey Epstein? Why don't we talk about the big pedophilia okay, ring yeah. going on? Why are you talking to me about COVID-19 and her face? She's mortified because this is live. This is mainstream news. And she's trying to shut mm. her up. They're trying to get him to stand. And he just keeps going. He keeps going. I'm like, wow. And this, she was like. And people still don't think it's real. Back to you. Like, cut the You know, do something. I don't get. I don't get why people don't think that this, like the Lane Maxwell thing, is is massive. It's giant. This is like people at the highest levels of power, prestige, wealth, and government, literally in a proven cabal of freaking child molesters. Right. I mean, you know, I don't get. I I don't get the whole Q thing. I'm not. I'm not completely on with that. But it's like, dudes. I'm sorry, but now we have proof. That, that this happened. And now we have yeah. queen, queen bitch pedophile in jail, and the mainstream media is just kind of like, oh yeah, well, let's talk about some other stuff. Oh, let's actually yeah. talk about it. And right. then when Trump responds, oh, you're associated with pedophiles. Why did you wish her good luck? Boom. They sit there and talk about that for days. The fact yeah. that Trump said, I don't know much about it. I just wish her I luck. I wish him luck. Really? Well, it doesn't sound good, you know, and who knows if there could potentially be some kind of a connection there. But at the same time, I mean, this this shit with, with a word could end whether it's true or not. Right. Right? All you have to do is make the accusation. Yeah. And every news network in the world is going to go, it happened. It's going to be Brett Kavanaugh with Trump. Right. It's, it's going to be worse. <laughs> Oh, poor yeah, Brett Kavanaugh. Poor Brett. I wish we would have put. Well, watching in watching the, the hearing with Barr with Barr today reminded me of the of the Kavanaugh. Oh my god! I watched that. I was just like, like... <laughs> just, what a sham! It was whole... a shit show. No, no wonder, right? People made Trump out to be like so hated. I don't think there's any institution hated more. Than the mainstream media and the United States Congress. Yeah, mm. you're absolutely right. More people are starting to be more vocal about it. Yeah, because a lot of people weren't this vocal. Mm -mm. Now you have people some are idiots that are like, "Oh, I can't wait till Nancy gets in power. She's a gangster." I'm like, you don't know how government works. Yeah, Pelosi. Pelosi. I seen she's you like, on my timeline. Oh, I'm like, yeah, she she got. <laughs> Pretty sure she co-authored, she helped to co-author the Patriot Act, which is, you know, spying on our phones as we speak. She's all, she also received Thanks, the Nancy. Lawrence and Sanger Award. 
She was really light. <laughs> Hillary Clinton did too. Yep. Come I can't on. believe they're still giving out the Margaret Stagger Award. I mean, literally. <laughs> People who don't know who she is just have to Google it, and they're going to be like, <laughs> how insane and hypocritical and ironic is it that we're tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, and, and Margaret Sanger has not been canceled. Nobody has right. touched her, right. and she's racist. Racist is racist Racist and like kind of a Nazi. Because, she's a Nazi. You know, we her were eugenicist yeah. yeah. policies weren't very different from, like, Joseph Mengele. And to be fair, I mean, she, she kind of... What, she she came out with them first. Yeah, she inspired yeah. the euthanasia techniques that the Nazis used. And in her magazine, she was publishing articles written by Nazi scientists. Mm. In the tradition of Woodrow Wilson, let's, let's be fair, Woodrow Wilson came out, I think, with all this... Uh, Eugenesis population control stuff first. He was. You guys should check that out if you haven't seen it yet. He basically made it harder for you know um, black people to reproduce and basically you know resegregated the country along certain lines. So the Wilson administration had a lot to do with inspiring. Oh my gosh. Um, Margaret. So you guys should check that out. Oh, so you know how we have cancel culture. Sometimes I pull up uh, just random articles and uh people are now canceling margaret sanger for planned parenthood and they're they're asking will nancy pelosi and hillary clinton return their awards that's a good question <laughs> i guess since we are look cancel culture can work sometimes in some instances yeah. i would be okay with them canceling this nancy and, and hillary let's yeah. go ahead and get rid of them well, if you're going to do it on one side, you got to do it on the other. I prefer no one do it. I prefer no one get canceled. I prefer everyone have a, have a platform for, for public debate where, you know, the most rational person can win after everybody hears every side of the argument. And, you know, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, used to do that. They used to demand that radio stations give equal airtime to one side and then the other. And you could see the polarization of America going this way once that regulation yeah. was canceled. I got you. So, <clears throat> I think it's yeah, the I mean, side of me where I'm just like, just, just go ahead and cancel it. I get it. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's like, if, hey, you're going to do that to our side, then do it to your own damn side too, so you don't look like a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it, it leads down a slippery slope. It's, mm. it's kind of sucks though when you're just me being a conservative, when you have to just be like, Okay, well, yeah, they do it on your side, too. Yes, I don't like what Republicans do either. I don't like how passive they are. And matter of fact, if there was a good independent candidate that would actually get the push that they deserve, I would vote mm -hmm. for them. But we don't, we, we don't ever have I, anything yeah. but these two options. Yeah, Yeah, I consider myself an independent conservatarian. And what I mean by that is I don't support the Republican Party as a whole over Republican politicians. I support the I support the Republican well the conservative governing philosophy. Right. Which That's is basically we need to we need to A respect our traditions and make sure that when we're changing our when we're tinkering with government we do so in small ways over the course of time so we can see how it plays out. And um and that we need to we need to put our national security and our economy 
first and our social issues secondly, because if we hand over the torch of global dominance to China because we bankrupt ourselves with unsustainable welfare programs, that's not going to be a very progressive result. Right. So they're not very progressive anyway. They 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 claim so, to be progressive, but really, are they? No, they're, well, I mean, they're the ones that are pushing to control your business through regulations, raise taxes so they can compensate your money, and the libertarians like to say that taxation is theft. Bullshit. Taxation is slavery. Taxation is one more day that you need to spend working as an indentured servant to the government. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. You can't even own your own freaking house and just stop working because you have to pay property taxes. You... You can't even claim Bureau of Land Management land, have a mining claim, set up like a teepee on it or something like that, and just live there with no interference from the government without paying a certain amount of money every year. So it's like, no matter what, you have to pay the government something just to stay alive. And it's like, dude, if I want to go live off the land, you you fucks better leave me alone. You know, I thought this was a free country. So taxes or slavery, it's, it's a legitimate argument. It is. Yeah. That, that's, oh, and, what, that's what Gondolas was that. saying. We're, we're in modern-day slavery. But think of it this way, right? Because of the way our monetary system works, if the bank were to say, okay, it's time to pay up all the debts owed by every entity on the planet, there is physically not enough cash in the yeah. world to pay off the debt. The money the world. doesn't exist because they print off debt and then they lend it out with interest, and that interest doesn't exist in physical money. The whole world is $120 trillion in debt. And I saw a tweet once that was hilarious. Like, who we have that money? Who the whole world owed this $120 trillion? Who are you paying, dude? Look, I, I have asked that very same question. And there's you. sometimes you can go dig a little bit too deep and find out some stuff you don't want to find out. <laughs> so I have just... I've pulled back from that and kind of focused on politics and how to parallel different revolutions, different time periods, because it's it's scary. Yeah. These people, they don't give a fuck at no. the end of the day. It's they about don't. money, uh, power, and they just want to dominate. That's it. Just like right. And, <laughs> and how and how you know fun and exciting it is to, to look into the you know global depopulation agenda these yeah. potential vaccine conspiracies and the global elite and all that is but like once you get to that level of political talk you're kind of going beyond anything you personally have control over right. of like yeah and so at some point you just need to decide what am i going to do for myself and my family right. and that's what i'm mm-hmm. world around that's you got to pick a level of resolution from yeah. which to see the world and not go above your bit rate because yeah. at some point it's all just empty words if you can't put action to it. I agree. For me, it's just I want a country that's going to be sustainable and be here when my children, you know, grow up. Because right now, mm. they don't even have the same childhood we had. Like, this has altered their childhood if you really think about it. Mm. I just want school. to beat China. <laughs> They're not in school. Right. They don't get to do recess. They can't play in parks. Yeah. They're in the house. When this first started, I remember you mm-hmm. used to ask to go outside. I was like, what's happening? Like, what's happening? <laughs> you stayed in the house. Yeah. We, like, 
it's just, I just want to, I, I want to leave something behind for my children. So if me doing this podcast and me talking, you know, and it takes me somewhere, I hope that I have a positive influence for people to just kind of wake up. Just wake up. A legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really is making a difference. Honestly, I it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have started this media company if I didn't think there was a reason to it. Yeah. I'm not making that much money doing it. Yeah. Right. Look, I'm <laughs> like, let's be fair. We're not making much at the moment. <laughs> I I probably put more into it than I've gotten out of it. I put yeah, a lot more. Yeah. But but it really is important, and and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this in the first place was an excuse to force myself to really become familiar with the issues yeah. as far as my issues, and to also become a lot more proficient at articulating them yeah. and explaining them to others Same and mm-hmm. maybe maybe reaching out to people who who you know are come out in place because I, I don't want radicals on either side yeah. I genuinely believe that we need different voices and as we move forward through the course of time we're going to need progressive thinkers pointing out disparities and discriminations yeah. and we're going to need conservative thinkers Checks digging their balances. heels in and, and right. saying let's not tear down the entire society in the process and I'll tell you this what the what the true elite don't want is for progressives and conservatives to get together. communicating with each other in a civil way, yep. right. maintaining their friendships, extending grace to each other, and actually filtering out the worst ideas on both sides yep. and producing the best ideas from both sides. That might actually right. make a change. Sometimes I feel well, like that's what our generation is here for. Like, as much as we feel like, dang, I can't ever be a senator. Actually, yes, we can, because all those people became senators. Right. All Maybe we could. AOC can do it. We yeah, can do thank it. you. <laughs> if AOC can do it, I can do it. Definitely. Because she is God. dumb. She is dumb. <laughs> she she's not even ditzy. She's dumb. When you say people she... are stealing loaves of bread, <laughs> and they're stealing like sixty-inch TVs. Yeah, Come on, bro. A little bread now. Yeah, no freaking doubt. They, they, there's videos, sorry, but there's literally a thousand videos. A thousand. At least. And why would you steal bread? You idiots steal beef jerky. Something that's going to sustain you. I don't, you know what? I think they asked her that question and she had to come up with something. And you know, her brain doesn't work at full capacity. I'm sorry. She thought of bread. <laughs> She is one of the non-playable characters where you can, insert, you can just insert a quarter and out comes leftist nostrum. <laughs> and she won't debate. She won't debate Candace Owens. She won't debate any of the... She won't debate any of the conservatives. Ben Shapiro offered her 10000 and Candace Owens offered her 100000 She turned it down. She's like, don't cat call me. You racist. Candace Owens is What? She'd be like a hairball in her throat. What do you guys think of the... Pseudo controversy of somebody calling her a disgusting bitch. Oh well, you know what? I don't care. I don't really care. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just gonna. Amen. <laughs> I don't care at all. It didn't hit me like, oh my god, he said that to a woman. It's kind of like yeah. I would say that to you too. Okay, because that is what. <laughs> no doubt. That's kind of facts. I would she tried to make her. it out. 
into like a sexism thing. Like, oh, it's she, only because I'm a woman. She made to every woman in Congress. Every like, woman in what, the world. What cuss words do we not have that are gendered in some way? We have like, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to say some bad words. But we have like, you know, dick, right? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> We have the C-word. I'm not going to say the C-word. Let's not say the (laughs) C-word. What I'm saying here, all of it is sexist in some way or another. She's not going to be like, you rapscallion, you know? (laughs) We're not pirates. She's just, oh, AOC is awful. She's awful. As if she has not been spewing polemic every day. Yeah. As if she's absolved from just like, Maybe she didn't use a bad word to do it, but it's like, you people are so powerful. Like, dude, if you're in Congress and you feel like you've been belittled and, like, disgendered as a woman just because someone called you a bad word, you need to take a look at, like, an inferiority complex you have or an ego problem. Because you're already a powerful person. Right. Thank you. She's a U.S. senator. I know. She's not going to relinquish her victimhood. She's not. She needs that because that appeals to. Uh, I'm just gonna. Yeah, be, I'm gonna be blunt. It appeals to the black and brown audience, mm-hmm. and it also appeals to a lot of white people because if you admit, if you admit, yes, you are better. Yes, I have a struggle because I'm black or brown. Mm-hmm. They get off on that. Yep. They get off on that. They I'm starting them. to notice that there is no way that you want me to admit that. That I'm like, for what? What purpose? You get mad that I I I go against saying your life is better than mine. Yeah, I've pissed a few people off. People yeah, really I've seen I've seen y'all pissing people off. I've seen I comments like, like, what the fuck? Like, it's, yeah. how dare you be a black person with... With a brain. Yeah. Oh, I think he got cut off. You like, oh, you don't believe my way. You ain't black. <laughs> like Joe Biden. Literally, we get told that all the yeah. time. Yeah. I get told that's I'm not that's black all the time. All the time. <laughs> I'm just used to you it. You need to go with the people and you for the other side. What? Or they'd be like, oh my God. you're not from the hood. As if every black person is from the hood. You generalize right. yourself. <laughs> right. That's a racist thing to say right there. <laughs> I deal with it all. It's fun now, though. I yeah, used to get really upset. We like, used to get mad. But it's funny now. It used to bother me. It still bothers me sometimes, but if it gets to that point, I just don't respond. You know what I do? I like to get under their skin. You just ask them questions. (laughs) If you just ask questions, they get more irritated because they can't answer you. I had one lady tell me, Facebook told me this drug was bad. And I'm like, what did your brain tell you? And she couldn't answer me. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook told you that? I was like, wow. Look at where we are as a society that we're using Facebook to fact check. Facebook has just gotten worse and worse. Facebook, uh, look, I'm not even gonna say that because I would be I would be appealing to the antifa side. <laughs> so let me just mm. shut up before I get you know mm. somebody calls me out on it. I'm just gonna shut up. <laughs> <them out. laughs> oh God, you know I gotta say though the only social media platform lately that hasn't been like politically pissing me off. It's weird. I never thought I'd say this is Instagram. You go on yeah, Instagram, yeah. and it's just like, it's just like I'm at the beach, you know. <laughs> Literally, you, Instagram you, don't care about what's going on. Right. You go on Facebook, and people are like, "You're a racist dog for existing." And you're like, "Bro, you're oppressed." Yeah. 
or Nick Cannon. White people are savages. Oh, I'm like, what? what? The fuck? Did you really not, just? No. Non-melanated people. Non-melanated <laughs> people. Because we got soul power. We got soul. Mind you, I don't know if anybody can see, but I have blue veins. Okay, so I don't. I don't really know what yeah, they can't by, by blue. They definitely blue. blue blood. Your blood is blue before it gets before the oxygen. oxygen. Last time I thought, you know. What? And Nick then Cannon. I, I just. What, what do they think? People didn't even pick up on it. He said, non-melanated people. Okay, so white people. But then everyone, when they picked up on it, they were like, oh, he made an anti-Semitic comment. Yeah, no yeah. one said that he said, oh, non-melanated people are lesser. He yes. literally said that. And no one reported it. They were like, oh, well, he said something bad about Jews. Like, Look, I, think he I said, did, and I got so much shit for it. He wasn't talking well, about white people. people. I'm like, yes, yeah, he, he was. was. But here's the, the ridiculous thing, right? He gets up there, and he, he pitches and moans and complains, which is, I would like, because we've probably got one of the best lives of any human being in America, right? <laughs> but beyond that, if he wanted to make a difference, all he would have to do, Kanye West, Kim Jong-un, all these people are proof. All he would have to do is put a MAGA hat on, walk into the Oval Office, with a pre-written idea of what an executive order might look like, walk in there and be like, Donald Trump, you're a great president, man. You're the best. You're just wonderful. So here's my idea, and here's how I think it would be good for you. And he would be like, oh, this is fantastic. I'm signing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really great. It's extremely it's great. Totally true. It's totally true. Hey, look, uh, Steve Harvey did it. And he got clowned. He got clowned. Uh, Kanye West did it. But look, prison reform came prison, from that. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. he's listening. He's, he's actually listening, listening to, to the American people. Yes, he's listening. Which is why, I, like you said earlier, I like that he's on Twitter. I like that I, I like can that we can talk to him. I yeah, mean, no I doubt. It's <laughs> and that he writes his own speeches. Not all the time, Not mind the time. you. But every other president. Every other president has a speechwriter. And it's like, did I elect your speechwriter? Right. Do I want to hear from some rando guy who just has a journalism degree coming from your mouth? Like, how does anyone so think? You're right. Like, oh, what's who her thinks? name? Simone Sanders. Do yeah. You... Oh, God. She can't answer well, any question. Can... <laughs> and it's not just that he can communicate with his own constituents directly. I love when he when he's able to just send out a tweet to like other leaders where he tells Kim Jong-un, well, here, if you fuck with America, we will erase you off the earth. Rocket man, yep. And the I'm... funny thing is, other nations have picked up on it. Like Iran and Israel have started tweeting at each other <laughs> and tweet wars. <laughs> Like, Israel posted a meme of for the girl from Mean Girls like this, saying, why are you so obsessed with me? As a response to a rant. Oh, God. Tell me that's not awesome. Trump started that. I mean, I thank him for that. Every time people say that Donald Trump is an idiot, he's incompetent, this, that, and the other, I look at him and I go, look at your life. You're a pathetic sack of shit. He's remaking the whole world in his image. Like, right. Like, like, look at these tweets. He, you could tell this is him tweeting. Yeah, right. He's talking about Herman Cain. He's actually showing that he's human, and he lost a very good friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come on, you got yeah, like Trump, I mean, man. Right. 
you gotta like parts of him at least. You know what I mean? But you gotta you gotta like at least a few things that he's done, and you certainly can't blame him for every problem that America's ever had ever. Right. He's trying to do something. He's trying to do something. Look, this one. Sleepy oh, Joe yeah. Biden is just a Trojan horse for the radical left agenda. He will do whatever they want. He's, yeah, basically, he's just a corporate that's candidate. That's like that's I said, my whole life, my whole life, I was a Democrat, and I really liked Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang, and you know, the biggest reason I'm I'm on the right, or, or at least as I define it right now, yeah, is because the left is a much bigger threat. In my yes. eyes, I think if you look at the people who are pushing this authoritarian cancel culture, yeah. raise your taxes, donate every aspect of your life agenda, that's all on the left. And they yeah. do it under the guise of they do it under the guise of well we're protecting the little guy, oh well we're protecting the environment, or we just want a fair society. Remember the French Revolution, they guillotined sixty thousand of their own people under right. the under the guise of the, the committee of public safety. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like what we're trying to have now. <laughs> Woo! Boy. Public safety officers that are going to be right. social workers. Community officers. Come on. Do, would you, I don't know, would you trust your neighbor, guys, to police you and do it effectively? Like, actually be that police officer, a neighbor. Well, actually, my neighbor is an ex police officer. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, damn, you're lucky. <laughs> Actually, you know, I I would trust my community if they were armed. I'm friends with everybody in my in my community. Really, I I'm, trust I'm super outgoing. So I, I seriously hang out with every single one of my neighbors. There, I think there's only like seriously like two 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 households in like the two apartment buildings yeah. that I have been inside their house. That's important though. We we need to get to know our neighbors. We do. Community is very important. Yeah, we, we need to, especially now, because it's nothing for shit to hit the fan, especially in small cities where I live, where police presence is here, but it's this area is extremely rural. You can go down the street and it's pitch black and you can't see nothing out there. Mm-hmm. Police, the police aren't going to get to you right away. It's going to be at least 20, uh-huh. 30 minutes before they can get to you. Shit could pop off here. <laughs> so I guess right. I, I'm leaving the country. Thank the Lord. Don't break. <laughs> oh, where are you going? I'm going She's to Japan. She's going to Japan. Okinawa. Japan, you said that. Ah, Japan. you're so lucky. I'm leaving, uh, but I'm going to continue to do the show. I just have to watch. As you should. Um, I, I'm just interested in, in how it's going to look after the election. I'm so, I don't even know what to expect. I just don't. I kind of want to be out before the election. I'm, I'm worried. About the yeah. state of the U.S. when November comes along, like I would rather be in like Ecuador or something. A lot of people from are afar. And you know, Tom Hanks and his wife became official Greek citizens and pedophilia. They did. They did. They're there. like, they're like, I'm out, straight up. Pedophilia. And a lot of people yeah, are doing it. Yeah, it's legal over there. I know. So What's I mean, the age of consent in in Greece? I don't even know. I, is there one? I don't even. So know. Is it? Because just... the lowest, the lowest in the world is the Philippines, and that's twelve. Wow. Twelve. Yeah, in the Philippines. Wow. What the hell is with that? Wow. How do you consider I... at twelve? I don't know. You I don't know. What do you understand? When I was 12? in the Philippines, <laughs> when I was in the Philippines, it's a screwed up place, man. You got like homeless dudes sleeping on the street right here, and then outside every hotel in Manila is an armed guard. And I was wow. going up to him, and I'm like. 
do you have bullets in that thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, man, you want to see it? They, like, hand me their gun. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, <laughs> it's a weird place. Wow. Dude, Southeast, Southeast Asia is, is a weird place. It's kind of the butthole of the earth. Really? Oh, come on. I love Southeast Asia. <laughs> I mean, it sounds nice, but it's, it's a dirty place, man. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it dirty, but, you know, I haven't been to the Central African Republic, so I, I can imagine that might be a little bit worse, you yeah, know, at least in I'm Thailand. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. They got, they got a little bit more going on there. I, a I little can, bit. Yeah. We, we don't even need to be there. We can look at history. and uh, The world's a rough place, dude. It is. Every, it is. Everywhere has its uh, vices. Every no, no place is perfect. A lot of other places have you know extreme corruption. That's mm-hmm. why I'm grateful for America. Yeah, right. I have never. It's, it only happened when I got older and I had children that I just appreciated the country because you kind of wake up. For me, you wake up, you have kids, and you're like, okay, damn, life does not just affect me. I have three other people to look after. And also, I know. you should always always keep your country's well-being always in your heart. Right. And I've noticed that, that this is one of the consistent kind of topics where my co-patriot Cole and I will diverge on a lot. Mm-hmm. Is in issues revolving around public safety with you know, myself having a two-year-old daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally is my perspective. It changes. Yep. Right. I'm a little bit more self-interested. As far as this stuff goes, and you because can I'm like, be because it's just you. Yeah, I'm saying, well, I'm in good shape. You know, I could probably shoot a gun. I could run far away, and if the police have less power over me, then I just have more power in general. So, <laughs> I'm gonna admit, it's a look. The lust for power, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need a broader society that can, in some ways, look out for my family while I'm busy at work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think we need to. It's, it's going to get to a point, and I think it should start now. I'm probably going to start doing this. Um, get to know your neighbors. Find out who's a gun owner. Find out right. who your local sheriff's office are, like you just said before, the, your local police. Make yourself known. Introduce yourself. Because the revolution is here. Mm-hmm. It's here. Yep. It's definitely yep. here. And... Um, as much as we don't want to kind of accept that and we're just like, oh, America's going to go back to normal. It's not. It's not. I, I'm not going to lie. I have, I've never been a history fan. Uh, she actually got me interested in it. And (laughs) of course I learned about revolutionary war and all of that in school. Um, then I ain't paid attention to it. So when I redid my research today, I was like, I put the two and two together and I called her and I was like, yo, we're in the revolution. (laughs) This, this, this is, this is it right now. Yeah. I told people a civil war, a civil war is brewing. If <clears throat> just depending on how it goes, if we, if all this lawlessness continues and other states see that, okay, other states and cities aren't doing anything, it's going to trickle down. It's going to start slowly moving through each state, each city to the point where it's out of control. When are people gonna just yeah, not, wake up? But just come on, like it's it's more than it's, just you. It is, and I looked at a statistic today, and we were talking about the French Revolution and people with uh, you know starving, and 30 million Americans right now are in a state of food insecurity, and that includes you know around five million children, and you see yeah. 
Yeah. You see people lining up for food banks and for literal bread lines. You know, they're not getting yeah. bread, but that's what they call them. And, you know, when you actually have that much of the population starving in a population of 350 million, 30 million people who don't know if they're going to have enough to eat or feed their children, I mean, that's when you get to a tipping point that's nearly irreversible if something isn't done about it. Right. Well, that's where we are. So, I, I, that's where we are. Well, we're gonna. I can I can give my predictions, which I usually do. I I try to give people a little bit of peace and say, we're still America, and at the end of the day, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. I believe that God is still in control. Mm -hmm. uh, the power of mm -hmm. prayer is amazing. Mm -hmm. Faith is amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna tell people get into get into whatever you believe in. Get into your Bible. Worship. Mm -hmm read learn history because knowledge is power and edmund burke just one thing he felt that like was one of his quotes those who don't know history are like doomed to repeat it yeah yep so yep. like i say at the end of every show don't take our word for it do your research i can get up here and show you every bit of research that i've done but if you don't do it yourself and you don't <laughs> believe then it's all for nothing but do your research. right and i think that's that's so important to tell people even even the buddha siddhartha Gautama, said listen if some i say doesn't agree with your common sense mm -hmm. reject it out of hand and believe something else right you know as the, the religious demagogue who basically says i might be the incarnation of god that's a pretty humble thing to say and i right. think everybody needs needs to kind of nudge people to go out there and make up their own mind. And you know, you establish an ethos for yourself in that way. You mm -hmm. you make yourself seem like a person who is willing to, to disagree on good faith. Right, right. I've had to learn right. that because sometimes it's so hard to try to, uh, I don't wanna say appease, but just like try to level with a lot with of liberals people. because just stuff that they say is just like, what You the just fuck? wanna be like, bro, no, all that is wrong, cancel it. <laughs> But you can't. You, <laughs> you have to leave the floor open so that conversation can happen because usually when we have those conversations, they can they see, oh, see damn, you have, you have yeah. the same goal in mind as me. Yeah. You just have a different avenue of, of the way you feel like yeah. we need to get there. So if we right. all know we, that. And we need, to, we need to extend grace and a, a certain level of, right. of mm -hmm. gratitude and forgiveness towards each other mm -hmm. and not just assume that if you disagree with me on whatever your preferred policy is that therefore you're a bad person with well right. intent, right? Everybody's looking at the world through a keyhole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even, if you're, even yep. if you're someone who works really hard to do your research, at some point you just need to take a stand and say, this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to stand for because nobody has all the answers. Nobody is mm -hmm. in a position to say, hey, I know everything. And if somebody does tell you that they have the answers. Don't let them do it. And definitely don't vote for them. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can't tell you guys who to vote for. I'm not going to. Um, all I can say is do your research. Every time we end the show, we say do your research. Don't take what I said. Don't take what she said. Don't take what our special guests from Liberty Revolt Media have said. Go do your own research. Mm -hmm. If you want to, you can get on YouTube and find this, the easiest and simplified pieces of Oversimplified history. Oversimplified? <laughs> I'm telling you, look, I feel a little slow sometimes. So I, I love him. He makes it better funny. than nothing. 
<laughs> he makes it funny. I like watching them. Well, there's plenty of videos, history videos on YouTube. Valid sources. Crash Course is good. <laughs> yes. They're a little bit lefty. <laughs> but, but Crash Course History is a good place to start. Yeah, they're good too. And I will say this too. Pull from multiple sources Please. and find truth. Man. Because if you're taking it from one side, you're not getting Something the whole story. <laughs> oh, and another thing is check, check the validity of citations. Because I was yes. reading a book the other day. Yeah. And I looked at a guy's citation and it led to an online internet article that the same guy had written. And I was wow. like, oh! He's citing himself <laughs> in an article that didn't have citations. And I was wow. like, that's sketchy. So that's really look into your sources. Thank you guys for coming on. This was fun. Thank you for having us. We'll have to do it again. Yes. Well, I think we are going to do it again tomorrow, yeah? We are. On, on our side. I'm so excited So for that. everyone who's listening, tune in tomorrow at 7.30 to uh, the Liberty Revolt page, and we will open up on some different topics. And... It should be great. Visit visit our website. In the meantime, liberatevaultmedia.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We have the best memes on the internet on our Instagram. <laughs> you do. I, I like those <laughs> memes. I will say, I I give you credit, but I'm putting a few on the Instagram. You know, and we get at least two to three thousand likes. I'm like, okay, these are some good memes. Good memes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you guys have an Instagram? Yes. yes, it's at the real hot mic. At the real hot mic. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna go follow you on my personal account after this. Go follow us. We post some crazy stuff. Mm. The comments, the you'll comments get a kick great. out of the comments. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Everyone else, go follow them too, if you haven't. Go follow us. Go follow us. Thank you guys. I'm Suni. I'm Nia. This was Hot Mike. We'll be back on Monday. Monday. I don't really have. The and show I, set up. Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about yet. I don't know, but we'll let you guys know via Facebook. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for having us.